Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hello and welcome to this Runner's World Roundtable discussion with me, Rick Pearson, and me, Ben Hobson. Today, we're looking to continue the conversation about increasing diversity in running in the UK. And we are delighted to be joined by some of the integral voices to that movement. We've got Tyler Williams-Green, founder of The Outrunners, Charlie Dart, MBE, (laughs) founder of Run Them Crew, (laughs) Sabrina Pace Humphreys, founder of The Black Trails Runners, Sarah Aisha Mohammed-Jones, founder of Azra Running Club, and Andre Coggins, founder of Mafia Moves. So we're very, very, very thankful for having you all here today. Thank you you very, very much for being here. It's, um, It's great to chat. We've talked to you before, Sabrina, about this. Um, and I'd be really interested to know where you think we currently are in the UK in terms of increasing diversity in running. Oh, my God, what a question. Um, <laughs> where are we currently? I think currently we are in a better space than we probably have ever been in because of the work from communities with leaders around this, around this table and, and out there doing the stuff. Um, but we have still got a long way to go. Um, you know, we're, we're all here. We're doers. We're about the action. Um, because of that action, we are where we are. Um, but I think that, you know, we, we are not the kind of people that rest on our laurels and, and we have plans for the future. Yeah. So yeah, I think we're in a, we're in a great place, but let's not become apathetic about that. Mm. Yeah. Charlie, as someone involved from like, we take it back years and years in terms of foundations of the, 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 the current state that we are in now. Yes. How, what's your vision on like, how's it, how's it, where we're at now? I think there are elements of it that are really super positive. Mm. I, I think, you know, what we are seeing is definitely people who would have never considered running before and now welcoming it into their lives and becoming ambassadors and advocates for it, which I think is really great. But as Sabrina says, I, I still think there's some work to be done. But the needle has definitely shifted to a much better place than it was even two years ago. Yeah. And, you know, I'm fully down for, for that. It's cool. Yeah. Really good. Yeah. Andre, I think of you as like the next generation. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I wonder like how inspiring it was for you coming in and maybe learning under, under the wing of someone like Charlie. Can you talk about that experience? Literally. Um, yeah, I feel like it's, it's really important to learn um, under someone you trust and who's done it themselves. Yeah. So, you know, to learn from someone like Charlie many, many years ago, yeah. um, you know, he's given me the, the blueprints that I've been able to, 
take certain elements and build my own blueprint of what you know community looks like to me yeah and you know in that essence it's put me in the position i'm in today that's great yeah on on the same point in terms of why it's changed do you think that this is an access thing is it a representation thing that's that's helped change the sort of people getting into running from the black and brown running communities like is that is it what what is the thing that's changed like um I always say to people that you can't be what you can't see. Mm. So when you start seeing, you know, not athletes, but just your local, you know, the guy from the kebab shop and the guy from the barber shop and, you know, people from your community out there and undertaking, you know, racing or, or, you know, a healthier lifestyle. Actually, I think what happens is you think to yourself, you know what, well, if you're doing it, then I can do it. Mm. And I definitely only started running because I saw other people who looked like myself you know, who were doing it. And I was like, well, if you could do it, then I definitely have a shot. Because mm. I don't think anyone wants to be a big, really likes to be a beginner at anything. Yeah. And you most definitely don't want to embarrass yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Because yeah. it reminds you of being at school. Yeah. You know, your PE teacher comes into the room, it's like, right, kids, it's cross country. And you're just like, ah, oh, not today, not today. Because <laughs> you know you're going to come last. Yeah. And, you, you know, you don't want the shame of that. Mm. You know, we're human beings at the end of the day. People want to be, they want to do things that they're good at. But I think also what's happened is you've kind of got people who have come through over the last couple of years who are very good storytellers. They're very good at kind of documenting their journey and putting it in social places in social media where basically, you know, it can inspire other people to follow. Mm. The rise of the TikTok runner, the rise of the pandemic runner, all of those things are really important in kind of when you're trying to move the needle across. Definitely. And I think, you know, we obviously show Shari so much respect and showing a lot of people that running is so much more than just running. It's yes. through its community. Yeah. And I think that has been a big factor for getting more people into running the idea of joining a crew and joining yeah. a community, mm-hmm. especially if we become more fragmented and in a digital yeah. age where we're losing human contact. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think Run Them Crew obviously have been the blueprint for a lot of yeah. groups to kind of, you know, pop up change how people see themselves as well it's a more acceptable lifestyle i think there's a the lifestyle element mm. now is rising mm. you've got new companies coming into the running space you know which you didn't have before and i think people you know are realizing that actually if i want to be the ceo of xyz then the first thing i need to start doing is ceo in my own life mm. and a good way to start doing that is to start running and so you're seeing people going out there you know who are moving and kind of undertaking races and the traveling and so forth and it's quite exciting you know yeah. the thing about running when you like you can kind of dismiss it as like oh, it's just people running up and down the street and then once you get involved in the culture you're like wow this is like there's some really interesting stuff yeah. that yeah. can you know here mm. and it's you know there's gear to buy and there's things to go and people to meet and it's kind of like people like that kind of yeah. stuff yeah, and yeah. I, I think actually one of the most important things is people are realizing when they see people running in crews, they all look like they're having fun. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And I think after a pandemic where you spent two years indoors, yeah. <clears throat> you almost have to teach yourself how to be social again. Yeah. And a running group, running crew, running club is a really int- is a really safe way of doing that. Yeah. And I think also the idea of what a runner is is changing. Yes. I think yeah. people are getting a lot better at understanding that, you know, to be a runner, if you're literally running around your local park for 20 minutes, you know, a week just to clear your head, that still makes you a runner. You don't have to be chasing down 
PBs to make you on and I think that is something there's definitely a shift in that and I think you know we're in a better place than we were a few years ago for sure whenever we talk about diversity in running we still get a minority of people who say there aren't any barriers in running it's just kind of um, (laughs) all you need is a pair of running shoes argument Um, so Aish I'm interested when when you start start up as we're running what were some of the things that you had to consider that maybe someone like myself who wants to run doesn't have to think about Um, physical space I think as great as it is saying that you can, we need as trainers to run outside, where? Where is it for specifically Muslim women to run? Um, we always talk about the need for safe spaces and what does a safe space look like? And for us, that's on the track. So when we first started the club, I was very intentional about having a track that we could book out privately just for us. Mm. And a lot of people didn't understand it. They're like, oh, but you know, like people can walk in and out. Like, no, that's not the point. That isn't what we call safety. And there's levels to safety. And we always say we try to create safe spaces for the best of our abilities. That's the reality. Us as clubs, we're always trying to do things to the best of our ability. It's then on on society to kind of do the work to kind of accept us. You know, we're doing our part. So for us, yeah, that is building a track, creating a track that is simply for us and, you know, locking the door for that extra level of safety as well. Mm. But it just makes us feel like we can go onto the track and just simply be, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's the whole thing about community. It's just going somewhere where you feel like you're accepted and you can be yourself about having to answer to questions or having to prove yourself to anyone because... But in order to actually kind of get to the best level, especially as a runner you kind of need to avoid those barriers. And that's what we as community groups are essentially doing, right? So when they say that, I just know that they clearly don't understand that we all have different lived experiences and we all have different needs and we are simply just trying to cater for that, you know? How easy has it been to find these private spaces like a track to where you can base yourself? Very difficult. Um, Very difficult. And I think a lot of um, kind of buildings or like organisations, companies that own tracks, they don't really want to be accommodating sometimes. Um, in their head, it's like, oh, well, if we can see runners on the track, then that attracts more people to run. But we don't need that. We don't need visibility. We need access mm. to space. You know, it's all about accessibility at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, and so sometimes the reality is that some tracks and some spaces didn't have us in mind when they were building it. Mm. So that was, that is what makes it hard mm. for us to kind of find a space for us, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's the amazing amount of people who've got private tracks mm. either on top of their buildings exactly. or somewhere here yeah. like that won't allow anyone any access mm. to. Yeah. It's really interesting. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But it's also, you know, when I, I think about trail running yeah. and I think about access to the outdoors and, you know, private land, you know, we've just had the big kind of news story about, you know, wild camping being allowed back on Dartmoor again. You know, it's kind of something like 93% of land in the UK is privately owned and you can't get access to. Now, when you add black people into the mix there, traversing their bodies, navigating over land, even if it's open access, yeah. you know, we know with black trail runners and I think the reason that black trail runners has been such a, um, such a success in the last three years is because, you know, when we have been out there navigating our bodies across land yeah. and we are hit with the, we might be alone, we are hit with the, the look yeah. or the, or the, are you lost? <laughs> I'm not lost. I yeah. grew up. <laughs> yeah. 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 Are you lost? Yeah. Are you lost? Yeah. yeah. And, and it's, it's these, this subconscious bias yeah. when you see a demographic of people who don't fit that norm that yeah. you're used to. Yeah. You know, we, 
as you as you know, you know, Runners World being you know the 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 leading running publication in the UK, and you know when you will have us on the cover or you'll talk about stories around diversity, you know, you do get that all you need is a pair of shoes. Yeah, right. You know, running is for everyone. While well, you're called Black Trail Runners, does that mean if I call my group White Trail, you know? And it, it's just it's this ignorance and a, an inability to really put yourself in a position of really seeking to understand the lived experience yeah. of these yeah. of, of people who all they want to do is feel that joy that you feel when yeah. you're running. Yeah. And if that means we need safe spaces, mm. if that means we create community, some of which the communities are just for people of colour, mm. then that's what we need to do and mm. just accept that, understand it and move on. Mm. Yeah. 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 And, why, and not take such like a degree of offense from that yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. from that yeah. suggestion that like because we all talk about running being this wonderful world of like yeah. inclusivity and yeah. like everyone getting on and how what a community it is yeah but you do stumble upon these great divisions where yeah. people feel very defensive about it or yeah, yeah. and i and that is a, a great barrier that just do, doesn't need to exist 100 yeah. percent. i feel like sorry there's something for everyone you know, if a lot of crews and communities popping up, especially around London and the UK, mm. there will be something for you. So whether, you know, you may feel that way, mm. you know, don't enter certain spaces because that can affect the dynamic. Mm. But go to somewhere that you feel like you can settle in or go and try a few different communities because mm. you never know. Or, you know, step outside of your comfort zone. If you don't understand the stamp standpoint, Go and ask questions, go and explore and try and gain an understanding because if you don't do that, then how how are you going to learn and move forward? Yeah. Because running is forever evolving, yeah. as you can see as well with, with crew culture. So, yeah. yeah, you just need to immerse yourself in the ex running experience and try and, you know, learn what you can. And also it's not taking away from those existing yeah. clubs if we open it up to other people and for people. I think I was saying this earlier, like, when we talk about spaces and run clubs, we need to think about who isn't in this space right now and how can we open it up for them. And that's not taking away from anything else. So no. if anything, it's better to think in that way, you know. So, yeah, it's a bit weird. I think, I think what it is, though, is like, I, I, I totally understand it. Right. Because I think that's one of the things about the UK is it doesn't deal with questions and conversations around race well. Mm. Yeah. It gets very, people get very embarrassed. Yeah. Um, and so I can, I totally understand why people are like, oh my God, what's going on? You know, it's like black foreigners. Does that mean I can't go? Oh my God, what have I done? Oh, how can I, you know what I mean? And I, 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 I get it. But I think what people really forget is the thing that's common in all of us, whether it's, you know, a traditional running club, running crew, group that's set up for kind of, you know, a group that's, you know, in a, in a, in a minority is we love running so much. Mm. And we've benefited it so much. And we've seen the benefits that it's had on our own communities and people around us that we're just like, this thing is amazing. Mm. We want to share it with as many people as possible. We want everyone on the planet to mm. fall in love with running. But we know that in this existing form, it needs a little bit, a bit of help, yeah. Yeah. a little bit of tweaking. It's not like anyone's trying to take running away from no. you, <laughs> change it in some way. We're just like, this thing's amazing. Like, yeah. It's a kind of a bit like when you take kids who've never been to a farm before, to the countryside, yeah. Yeah. and they see a sheep, yeah. and they're freaking out. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God, like, it's green here. Yeah. And everyone else who's like growing up in farmland is just looking like, what is wrong with these kids? Yeah. But it actually is kind of like, I think running's had a very profound effect. Yeah. Yeah. 
and it has a very profound effect on on, on people of colour. Yeah. I don't know what it is about it, but it's kind of it's in the DNA. There's something about you know running that when you introduce it to kind of people of colour and they get it, they become its biggest ambassadors. Mm. And I think it's also you know there's like a lot of running crews out there which you know I would say they probably see themselves as as being accessible and being yeah. for the community yeah. but it's like well actually how accessible are you mm. you know like are you just using instagram to recruit new runners or your local network or are you going mm. into your local community center and actually printing yeah. off a flyer which is mm. more accessible for someone to access yeah. and i think it's you know i think you know i think running crews need to do a bit more work in how they try to recruit people to actually you know to, to, to be truly authentic and truly you know say that you're accessible and you're trying to work with different types of people from different walks of life i mean you've all now have your own collectives that you've founded and and and, and grow what are there, anyone who listens to this or watches this who wants to do it what, what are the things that you found the hardest what were the easiest things to like getting people in your community to engage with the idea of going for a run like what was the what was the easiest bit what was the hardest bit i mean i've been running i've been running on them i've been running running through for 16 years yeah. and i only really set it up because my friends in the music industry were you know dying early people were getting sick yeah. it was kind of like i was like i gotta do something to kind of save my friends yeah. and it's only now that the people i actually really set the crew up for are now venturing yeah. into come like Jumping Jack Frost came. Yeah. I was just like, oh my God, <laughs> I've done it. Like <laughs> more than the NBA than anything. I was just like, <laughs> Jumping Jack Frost yeah. has come to run them. I can retire now. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think one of the, you know, I don't think that people realise how hard it is to get people from our communities to run mm. because running is seen as you've done something wrong. Mm. You're in fear of your life. Mm. You're being chased. It's a punishment. It's a punishment. Mm. You know, there are so many different things that are kind of around running for people of colour, you know. And so actually it it's it's really hard, mm. you know, to persuade someone to step outside their comfort zone and be like, follow me down this journey. Mm. I'm gonna take care of you. You're gonna be okay. Cause then what happens is they fall in love with it and then they bring their friend and suddenly now you're responsible for 200 people, <laughs> you know, and everything else in your life, family, yeah. kids, relationships is beginning to suffer because you're having to do so much TLC and care mm. for this group that you put together. Mm. And you kind of have to do it because you said, come run with me, it's yeah. a safe space. Yeah. We're trained for London together. <laughs> Don't worry, your toenails falling off. <laughs> I know how to do with that. You know what I mean? It's like it's the maddest questions I get. It's like, and um, yeah, I think it's kind of um, we do need a bit more credit and help actually, mm-hmm. because of what I say to people, we have managed to persuade the most difficult and hardest people to reach on the planet to get up and embrace movement. Mm. You know, and that's kind of we've succeeded in places where other people have continually failed. Mm. Council has got far more money and access mm. and resources than I could ever have. Yeah. But every summer, they do the kids. Andre can tell you, they yeah. do the summer athletics yeah. program. Mm. None of the kids go. Yeah. Yeah. But they come to run them or they go to Outrunners yeah. or go to Raffia Moves or they go to your group. Yeah. You know? So why is that? And I do think there's this kind of element of like, you lot either fluked it 
or you don't really know what you're doing. Mm. So we're not going to trust the truths that you tell us Mm. when we're telling you this is how you do it. You know, don't come to Hackney with a big van of trainers and start giving them out in the middle of the street because that causes problems when your big branded van has left. Simple things. Anyway. Yeah. But it's that understanding of culture and community. And I think that it, I think that, you know, one of the, when we set up Black Trail Runners, I can remember when we, we sat around as co-founders and we were like, you know, if this, if this works, then wow. But if it doesn't, at least we found like six other people that love trail running yeah. and are people of color who like, that that was it and I was so happy just to have found those six people who love being in the outdoors and then you press the button yeah. and it's like what like you've got people from America and Brazil <laughs> and like they're like finally yeah. we are, we're here like I'm represented and and then you're like wow like we thought this was you know we are a UK charity with a you know mission to you know, encourage more black people to trail running. But actually, the, it's a global, you know, it's a global thing. Yeah. And yeah. and I think, you know, especially when it comes to, you know, black people venturing in the outdoors, you know, and, and the increased kind of safety issues mm. and, you know, and kid. And the biggest question we get is like, I want to try trail running, but what if I get lost? Yeah. You know, so it's like, you know, we say like you... You become the mother and the father. You become the come with me. Mm. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep you safe. I'm gonna impart upon you all I've learned mm. so that one day you will feel that you can do this. Yeah. And then suddenly you'll see this obsession start. It's like they're going out trail running every day. Yeah. And this mission that you saw in your mind's eye is playing out in front of you. Mm. And it's like, oh Christ, like now. How am I going to manage yeah. this? Mm-hmm. You know, because it's taking on life of its own. And with the best will in the world, I only have a finite amount of energy to give it. Mm-hmm. So then what does it look like to keep this sustainable? Yeah. And I think that's one of the hardest things. And I don't know if any of the other community leaders here have thought it, but there's been nights I've been like, if I could just have 10 of me <laughs> or 10 of the other co founders wouldn't it be yeah. great? Yeah. But it's that, that's not going to happen it never, that never you know changed. it never ch- and it, it never, never changes, changes. you know yeah. i remember when i gave up my full-time job to outrun it full-time i was like okay it's gonna be fine i don't have to stress about two jobs but then it's like it's growing you need to hire another person yeah. working with more young people you need to hire another person you know because there's mm. there's always the need there you know there's yeah. a need for us to do yeah. what we do yeah. And I think I've just come to the decision that it's always going to be like yeah, that. Yeah. You know, if we continue to do good work and there's a need. Yeah. You know, we're always going to have to continually try and grow and mm. bring in new people. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just going back to what we were talking about earlier before, I think there is no blueprint. And for me, I've just had to kind of figure out who are the best people to speak to yeah. and get advice. So, you know, always hitting up Charlie for advice around things. Because there's no, I was like, I don't know what to do. You know, yeah. when you start working with brands and you're trying to figure stuff out, you know, there's there's no manual to do that, yeah, yeah. you know. And now as we kind of go from being a small charity to a medium-sized charity, I'm having to kind of like go to places like Football Beyond Borders because they work in sport yeah. and kind of like talk to them about what that transition 
was like because mm. I've now got a team and, you know, we're mm. developing team culture and mm. HR policies. And I'm like, I just wanted to go for a run. I just wanted to go for a run. I managed five people who hate HR. I know I want to press start, but it's like, you know, it's yeah. just constantly changing and evolving. Yeah. And with that growth, yeah. there's just more you yeah. need. That's really, I mean, this is the reason why things like this because you don't feel, you know, when you have the support of something like Runners World, you then feel like, okay, I'm not trying to push this stone up a very steep hill by myself, mm-hmm. but I've actually got one of the people that can amplify this message, mm. actually helping yeah. and interested in the, um, you know, in the story and bringing change. And as again, the only thing that p- benefits at the end of the day is Team GB. That's it. You know, and that for me is my, because I'm an 80, you know, I'm born in the 70s, teenager in the 80s, Cram, Ovet, Sebco. Yeah. You know, that was my era where mm. it was like, let's go home and watch athletics on TV. Mm. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah. There's the young guy called Steve Cram and he's got a gold chain <laughs> and he's going to bang up the old guy Cram <laughs> and the other guy. It was like really amazing. And I, I missed that. Yeah. You know, mm. because since then, what we've had is individuals mm-hmm. that have, we've been told, this is the new savior. And you're like, mm. they haven't got, there's something they're missing. Mm. There's something that they, they don't have the, yeah. The panaz that will get people. Yeah. And so my whole thing is kind of like, if we all join forces, come together, do as much as we can to encourage people to kind of, so running gets to the point where it's, it's as normal everyday activity as waking up and brushing your teeth, mm. then the pool of people that we can pull from mm. for to represent the country mm. gets bigger. Mm. We start finding people in unexpected. I mean, so I should have this earlier, like, yeah she's working to bring young Muslim women running. Like, how do we not know that the next great talent for GB is, isn't a young Muslim woman? Yeah. Exactly. Well, they haven't got the, 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 the means or the space or the anything to, to, to try and get there. Yeah. And that's, that's a huge barrier if we're yeah. sitting there coming up with the world, you know, world champs will have happened when this comes out, but like, how many medals have we got? Probably yeah. not as many as anyone else. Yeah. And, you know, there's always a need for, Andre, you'll know, the system is it's difficult. It's rigged. This thing's rigged Um, because even you know with my experience from teaching if you look at you know primary school kids and how they transition into secondary school and how movement Mm. can influence their life Mm. and majority of schools just look at sports day for example and tick a box and say right that's movement done and dusted but not actually looking at you know um, fundamental movement skills and having the base of learning how to run and put one step forward. Yeah. You know, it's crazy. You a child will get to year seven and still can't put a step forward in a straight line. And if you learn to introduce these sort of things early on in a fun and engaging way, they will learn to love running. Yeah. Um, and not just using these big moments like sports day, because yeah. majority of the time it's like, right, who wants to run? It's normally the fast or confident ones that want yeah. to run, yeah. as opposed to the people who may love to run, yeah. but hate the the fact um, the fact that they might lose yeah. or come lost, but they might just love running. Yeah. And it's just engaging, it's keeping these people engaged and finding ways in which, you know, you have role models that are generally older to take them on that journey for them to then take their friends on that journey. Yeah. And it's only onwards and upwards from there. Yeah. Um, you know, previous experiences myself as a PE teacher, and I used to encourage all my students to run before their actual PE lessons. So whether you run one lap, two lap, 50 laps in a, in a given time, mm. I'm like, okay, I took note. And I was like, right, every lesson, you're going to try and beat that that distance. Yeah. I said, I don't care if you come last or first, 
it's you against you. Mm. And as long as you're doing it with a smile, I don't mind if you jog, walk, skip backwards, dance. You've yeah. got to do what you've got to do as long as you move. Yeah. And, you know, after a while, the kids absolutely loved it and they saw the progression from start of the year to the end of the year. And we're like, sir, I didn't realise running could be this fun. Yeah. And I said, well... Where was this guy? Yeah. <laughs> 1979. <laughs> I needed a name. Even to add on to that, sorry. So, like, for us at Astro Club, we say the aim is to unlock the inner athlete. Everyone's got an athlete within them. And even if we're talking about like, the older generation, how can we keep them active? How can we include them in these spaces as well? I always see aunties outside, like going for walks in the park. Yeah. Like they, they have an interest. Yeah. Yeah. They just need the access, yeah. you know? Yeah. So that's like a huge part to it as well. Yeah, definitely. Like, I remember this is a huge, like a significant part of my life. London 2012 Olympics. Uh, the slogan was inspire a generation. And, you know, it really stuck with me because Yes, I was part of the generation and I was a kit carrier at the Olympics, but that then got me thinking of what the future might look like for me and who I wanted to inspire. Mm. Mm. I didn't know that I'd be in this in this position I am now, but I thought it would be quite cool to inspire people younger than me, but also people older than me as well. Mm. To say, okay, because you're, you know, in your fifties, sixties, that life's not over. Yeah. You can still move, you can still do something, you can still inspire people younger than yourself to take up a healthy lifestyle and you know it's looking for people that look like you to then kickstart your thought process um because yeah the opportunities are endless from there can we talk about inspiring um the next generation also if we were to meet in say three years time from now we think it'd be great actually we'll meet back here in three years time what are some of the things that you would like some of the wins you would hope that we'd got to by by then that's a really good question good question (laughs) One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I think for me, and this is something that just, you know, because we've got various programs aimed at young people and adults, um, is access to coaches. You know, we work with so many young people and we've recently set up some programs which are specifically aimed at black and brown women who are inactive. And 
it's really difficult trying to find coaches which look like the young people or adults we're trying to inspire. Um, and, you know, I've had conversations with various brands and, you know, London Marathon and stuff like that. And it's like, there's just nothing set up mm. to, you know, signpost you to a diverse mm. range of coaches. So, yeah. you know, I'd like that level of access to, 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 you know, to sort of be there. Um, do you think that's an I'm, extension? Sorry, do you think that's an extension of just the, the coaches will come from people finding running? So, for example, you've had people come into Alpha yeah. who took up running and have, like beyond their own disbelief, yeah, and now yeah. coach, learning how to cut. I think, like, I yeah. think, yeah, I mean, I've kind of, you know, I've kind of got it in my mind that we're going to have to basically get our coaches from our community. You know, I think. I think that's probably realistically the easiest way. I'd love there to be some kind of organization set up that I could go to that could support with that. But, you know, I think, you know, mm. that's that's the kind of route that we're that yeah. we're going to and what's actually, you know, we've got a program which was a ten week program, um, and some of the women went through this program and now they actually want to do a leadership program and it's actually it actually works really well because, you know, they've just got into fitness, they understand what it's like. They're not some, you know, like elite athlete, which I think might put off some people that are new to running. Mm-hmm. So I think it, it, you know, it does work in that sense, but I could imagine because we've got that pool of access to train coaches, it's easier for us. But if we were a smaller organization that was trying to bring on a coach and they didn't have that access, mm-hmm. yeah. It, yeah. they'd probably end up folding because, it, you know, it's just going to be reliant on on that one person yeah. who turn up every and week and do those runs. And do you know what it is, Tyler? Like you've hit, you've hit the nail on the head there, but what actually happens sometimes is I feel like a lot of younger children and early teens get diverted to athletics clubs. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying that's a great, it's a great avenue to go down. But if you look at the people who are running in the athletics clubs, it's very outdated. Yeah. So it can only get you so far. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. why are they not diverting these young people to running communities? Mm. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, I feel like that that's the missing link. And mm. yes, we do need more running coaches um, and just like football foundations, mm. you've got Tottenham Foundation, Arsenal Foundation, they're present in the communities. They mm. go into primary schools, secondary schools, mm. and you see them around at, you know, various camps. Mm. If we could do that on a, you know, on a small scale to start off with mm. just teaching, running, or we don't even have to be teaching. We just have these groups that are set up for kids to know that this exists. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think it can, it can definitely I grow. Think, yeah. Like, Charlie and I have had conversations before where I think a lot of work needs to be done between the relationships between run crews and, you know, your athletic clubs because, you know, we've got so many young people who, you know, we get them inspired by running. We make it fun. We run around Hackney Wick with like a speaker. But now I'm like, these kids are fast. I can't catch up with them. I need to send them somewhere else, right? And, you know, if we had a good relationship with an athletic club, for me, that would be the next step yeah, yeah, for them. Yeah. Um, but we don't have that relationship. And I think at the moment, I wouldn't feel comfortable just sending them off. I don't yeah. know if they would be supported or they would, you know, just end up being the black kid, yeah. you know, at the really club. Yeah. That's really quick. And, yeah. you know, so it's, yeah. you know, I think there needs to be a bit of work done and just like brokering with better relationship. I feel like, uh, so for example, Astro Club is a UK affiliated club. Um, and we did that because we wanted to try to make it more sustainable, yeah. specifically, especially when you talk about uh, track, right? Yeah. Um, but I, for the, the three years goal, 
I'd love for there to be more of us in those spaces. We've been having a lot of talks about this, but like even for example, to get more young people or individuals becoming coaches, our experiences as getting to like the love, for example, wasn't really that great. So I think I have that worry of if that wasn't my experience, do I really want to put people into that yeah, space as well? So we also need more people like us to be the ones facilitating that training Definitely. for others. And that just makes it more accessible. Mm-hmm. Um, on a more personal level, I'd say I'd love for there to be some type of space that Astro Club feels like is an Astro Club space mm. that then opens up for um, Muslim women, women of colour specifically, to feel like they can uh, like attend that track and simply be themselves and just run. Yeah. Um, also, I think it would be great for there to be more resources um, for community groups to do the work that we're doing Um and really, you know, do all the programs because I think one part of Astro Club, uh, one thing that we do a lot is dream, and that's the only way we kind of keep going. Mm-hmm. For me, it's like, yes, we're doing the work now, but where would we love to be? Let's like think as high as we want, right? Mm-hmm. And so, simply, a lot of that goes down to resources and mm-hmm. funding, and um, funding that isn't restraining as well. Um, so it allows us to simply just do the work, and I think also touching on brands allowing us to be the ones to lead rather than brands leading mm. um i'd love for that to be something yeah. that you know and i hate sharing resources right like i'm you know everybody on this panel at the moment has got so much knowledge and you know i think one thing that does that definitely needs to be done but needs the infrastructure is like how do we pull these resources mm. definitely. together yeah you know um and you know it's a lot of what we do it's not rocket science. We've just got there through hard work and trying things out. Mm. But it's like, you know, just having that forum to just like share knowledge, I think is really, really important. I'm going to say one of the really important things because, and it's come up a few times, is this drop off of young people going into the education system and then falling out of love with movement. Mm. You know, anyone here, here, you know, who listens to this, watches this, if you've got young kids, you know how hard it is to keep them still. <laughs> when they're small yeah. they're all of a sudden what have you sent them yeah. into the school system and then they come home one day and they're like I don't want to do PE anymore yeah. you're like what happened yeah. and I think one of the things that is, is happening is no one's making the connection between the performance and things that you learn through running mm. through movement and how that can be applied in the classroom in the job yeah. in your business, in your everyday life. Yeah. Because I think that's the big thing. Yeah. Mm. If it was just a thing of like, oh, I like running and I run a couple of fast marathons, or whatever, I wouldn't be doing it. Yeah. It's when I started seeing the impact that it was having on my life, mm. like my personal life and myself. I, was just, I just remember saying like, why didn't my PE teacher never tell me yeah. that mm. the ability to train for race and break it down into manageable chunks mm. is actually the same as preparing for your A-levels. Yeah. Revising. Yeah. yeah. Why am I still like yeah. got this haphazard way of kind of taking in information in the classroom, but put me on a running track? I'm like, I'm there. Like, you mm. know, it's all just yeah. clicking off. There's that's mm. a bit of a disconnect. Yeah. And I think also one of the things I think is it's all very well encouraging people to move, encouraging mm. people to run. It's all super great. We sell loads of products along the way. It's kind of, we get loads of more people, more people sign up to races. Brilliant. But I do think that if you've come through running through this kind of alternative route, your way of testing yourself is still mm. run London Marathon, no. run this race. Mm. Like you're still having to test yourself in traditional ways. Mm. Well, actually, I think like there's this whole generation of people who 
they're not really interested in racing. They just like running together from mm. the social aspect with other yeah. people. Yeah. And I would love to see more opportunities where it's just about people coming together yeah. to run. Mm. And it's not about time and it's not about a medal yeah. or certificate. Mm. It's just about come and do this thing because it's really empowering yeah. to run with other people. Yeah. I'd love to see more of that. Even two more. things. Oh, sorry. Oh, so there's two things to that. The yeah. first about running. A lot of times, especially in school, there's never really this understanding how on, around how much it helps your mental health. Mm. And so I remember when I was in school, the whole reason why I stopped doing athletics was because I thought it would be more important to focus on my GCSEs. But then I didn't realise that running was actually helping me yeah. with stress and anxiety, etc. Yeah. So when I stopped, I was like, oh, I don't have anything to cope, like I'm struggling. Um, and then I got back into running. I was like, oh, wow, this is what I needed all along. Mm. So there's that disconnect in schools where they're actually, they're not really pushing students to keep going, yeah. even when they're doing exams, etc. And even on to the point regarding um, spaces to simply be, again, I don't really like races, it's not my bag, but um, Black Child Runners, when we went for that, event blackfish trails yeah it was amazing it was simply just everyone coming together from different run crews and just simply running and you had like um young people you had adults you had mothers that were pregnant like it was just um or women that were pregnant it was just so beautiful and i think we need more of that yeah. we need more of those spaces that aren't just about you know this medal this time and it's simply just being and just running and yeah. accommodating space you know because right? that's what you did because you know we brought a group of young people yeah. which was fun but, <laughs> <laughs> but it's always slightly stressful when you're working with young people i'm not gonna lie but um you know the fact that the group of young people that we brought down, their first experience of trail running was, you know, there was a DJ playing yeah, yeah, yeah. and there was the tunes and there was the vibes yeah. and there was like, you know, amazing food, you know, yeah. which, you know, they, you know, it was just, that was their first experience, mm. you know. Um, and I think it's incredibly important to just have those spaces where we do bring yeah. all aspects of our culture to the table. And, um, and it's allowed and welcomed. And it's allowed and it's welcomed and it's not, yeah. you know, What's this? Yeah, and that's, I think, certainly in terms of what I want to see is like, you know, I, there was nothing like, you know, Black to the Trails, which was, you know, the, the most diverse trail running event in the world mm. has ever seen Woo! that took place in May. <laughs> and, and that came from, it came from the negative aspect of speaking to event directors about, you know, what they were doing to make their races more diverse and, and that response of we've tried. Yeah. And, and it was like not hard enough. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, okay, so if if we want to see that change, then we're going to have to lead on it. And you know, and it's a lot of work. But you know, standing there that day on the fourteenth of May this year and feeling—I don't want to get emotional about it—but feeling like looking out and seeing kids. Mm. You know, there's a beautiful photo of of a member of, of Tyler's crew. And he was doing the 10K and, and he found it so hard, the first lap, you know, and trail running 5K. If you haven't trail run 5K before, it's different, it's hard. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, and he went around for the second and he crossed the line and there was such emotion. And then he's mm -hmm. another member of your yeah. crew and they were embracing. And mm -hmm. like that image, when I saw that after, I was just in bits because it just showed from from a young person's point of view, like putting themselves in this space and feeling comfortable in this space and looking around mm. and seeing people that look like them of all different ages, 
but it not being about how fast can I do this? We never pitched Black to the Trails as a race. Mm. It was a trail running event. Mm. And that was really, really important because language matters when it comes to this. So for me, what I want to see and I know is happening is more events like Black to the Trails, like, you know, uh, Outrunners um, events, Run Dem Crew, uh, events that actually celebrate. Mm. And you walk in there and you're like, I'm here. Like from the music to the colours to the people to the food. And then that breaks down a massive barrier of when you walk to an event and think, I'm the only one here and it's, I don't want a hamburger mm. and I'm not interested in ACDC place. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but, and, and, and no disrespect, but, but I've been, we've all been in those situations yeah. so much and, and it has an impact on you even before you start the event. Mm. Yeah. So I know that we can do this. Mm. I know, as, as, as we've said here, that sharing of expertise and lessons that we've learned in order to start creating almost, you know, a, a, a race event schedule yeah. is, is where I want to see it going yeah. because we know we can bring the people there yeah. and increase participation across the board. And isn't that what we all want? Mm, yeah. Inclusion wise, I always say you want to look around and see all ethnicities represented Mm. and that's what we're working for is to increase participation in our communities so that it's more representative no one likes unseasoned chicken there you go (laughs) no one on the planet likes unseasoned chicken (laughs) but what's really funny you know it's like because people are very particular about food yes and and you're having to have flavor and it's really interesting when you start bringing that kind of idea into other things and suddenly people are like they're scared to add the flavor you're like but over here like, you like fish and chips with the salt and vinegar yeah. in the ketchup. Yeah. You do, don't you? Yeah, I do, mate. I do. So why don't we just have a little bit of a DJ yeah. at the trailer running event? You know, because the trail is funny because I think, you know, a lot of people, black people, brown people are like, our families, ancestors, parents, grandparents have come from the countryside. That's it. They grew up farming and being in the trails and being in the mountains and all the stuff. Yeah. And it's almost kind of like they've come to this different place and they've been seduced into this idea like well because you're black and brown it's got to be urban mm. you know I get this all the time it's like right Charlie I'm going to take you out running it's going to be a night time and it's going to be graffiti oh, <laughs> well, like, dude, I've been in this for 16 years I've done so many of those yeah. <laughs> can we go to the mountains yes. can we yeah, can hug the tree please can I do something yeah. and again it's kind of like people are just really reluctant because they mm. think it's going to change the essence and the heart of what it is. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter what super shoes, super tech comes, running is still going to be person getting up in the morning, nighttime, going out one foot in front of the other. Mm. Destination from point A to point B mm. as quickly, as efficiently as they can. Mm. That's basically what it is. Mm. I just want to add to me yeah. a bit more seasoning mm. so that more people. <laughs> and I'm like, it'd be good for you because I get to say, I remember we've run them, you know, there were so many things that have come through Run Them that are now very, very normal in the running world yeah. that at the time was seen as like quite radical. Right. You're going to take your phone on the run and take a picture? <laughs> oh my God, what are you? are not really a runner. But now it's like an everyday thing, mm. you know, and we see even the fact of like, what, so you're going to do a magazine about running? Mm. I don't know, man, that's a bit boring. And now it's a whole industry, mm. you know? So I just think that actually, when people are just a bit more open to change mm. 
Amazing things can happen, which is weird if you think about running because ultimately running, like you become a great runner when you learn to be uncomfortable mm. with the feeling. When you learn to be comfortable with the feeling of being uncomfortable. Mm. Now, you know, the first time you do track, you're like, I'm dead. <laughs> yeah, that's really good for you, mate. It's really good. You know, and then suddenly you start realising. Yeah we have to funnel ourselves through the uncomfortable moment yeah. Yeah. so that we can have the great moments mm-hmm. afterwards. Yeah. And I think particularly when you've got an Olympics coming up, that's always kind of like a really great time that's to great. grab people's attention yeah. and try different things and different things new. Mm-hmm. But the one thing I put, you know, one interest to realise is like, kids are not inspired by super athletes because your athlete, footballer, megastar, famous person, at some point he's going to let you down. Mm. You know they're going to let you down. Mm. And so I think what's happening now is people, are, like, you know, that young generation of people are coming like, they're like, I'm not really inspired by the athlete in the team vest mm. anymore. I'm more inspired by Andre because mm. he's about my brother's age. Mm. Yeah. yeah. You know, and like, there's a bit, and when he comes to town, Andre's going to stop and talk to me. Mm. There's not going to be security. Yeah. And... Because I think it's weird. Don't you think it's really weird that, you know, in the running industry, there is this fascination with African runners yeah. that doesn't filter down yeah. No. Yeah, like into our, running in the street? None yeah. of our young people, you know, know who any of the elite runners are, you know, because yeah. it's, it's, it's a new thing yeah. to them. Yeah. So, you know, the thing that gets them excited about running is the tunes that we're playing yeah. or, yeah. you know, having a Nando's yeah. after. You know, those are the <laughs> things that like, inspire them. To run and turning up for their mates, yeah. you know, yeah, feeling yeah. like they're part of a, you know, like a community. Yeah. But, you know, they... Because a lot of them run and they don't really, you know, because my son's like, he's like, I'm not really a runner, but I run, you know, I run 50 minutes to school and back every day. I'm like, you got abs, like, what? <laughs> like, what happened to you? Like, he's someone like transformed, but he doesn't really consider himself to be a runner. Yeah. But you know what it is? Sometimes it's, sometimes it's about the experience yeah. from, you know, movement. Because some people realise, they didn't realise they're moving. Yeah. You know, especially nowadays yeah. with our with our communities, we make it so enjoyable and accessible that it no longer becomes a chore. Yeah. And you know, I I know you can all probably tell me about people on your hands and toes of who have received opportunities from running, whether that be through their mindset or actually through their physical state. Yeah. And once they see that, it's almost like, well, running was like the holy grail. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah and opens their eyes and minds to so much more, but they start to appreciate what running gave them. And if we can start trickling that down to more people, I feel like that's where we will manage to keep the people in and hold them in forever. Yeah, that that, that leads uh, nicely to a question for for each of you, just a a quick one. What's the greatest thing that running has given you or that that running gives you? Andre, you can start. Okay. Apart from, <laughs> apart from you know the the blood in my body and the air that I breathe, you know, super fortunate to have the health that you know running's allowed me to you know excel in. It's given me the opportunity to be in a position I am in today, financially, physically, socially, um, and yeah, it's just it's an absolute blessing because without running, I don't know where I would have been. Yeah. yeah. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It'd be a ton of Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so much. How about, how about you? Um, it's going to sound cliche, but sisterhood. Uh, when I, like, the reason why I got back into running was because I was trying to find other sisters to run with. 
Um, and Aston Club has done that for me and running has done that for me. I've literally made my best friends through running mm -hmm. and I'm so grateful for that. So it's so much more, as you said, it's so much more than running. It's about community and it's about sisterhood for me and that's what it's given me. So I'm grateful for that. Oh God. Um, you know, running gave me a reason to be alive. Um, you know, I took up running and I, I didn't come from a running background. I took up running in 2009 and I took up running on advice from my GP because I was suffering with extreme postnatal depression mm -hmm. and wanted, didn't want to be here anymore as a mother of four, you know, and, and, you know, without that doctor saying as part of a toolkit, which included medication and talk therapy and community therapy, you do something, Sabrina, that is, can take you out of, the, the home and just to concentrate on you and you know for that first run it was was 40 minutes of pure hell <laughs> but in the 40 minutes of moving my body forward in a meaningful way I didn't have any thoughts about taking my own life and that's what kept me coming back and that's the reason that I'm here today because I think without running without that freedom of those depressive dark thoughts that I'm not sure that I would have made it through so running running gave me my life wow yeah wow I mean I, I running's always given me an MBE I'm very happy but more importantly I think it just changed the it gave me purpose because I came from the music industry mm. and I thought my purpose was to be in the studio to all hours making tracks and go out and play them to people. That's as far as I was concerned about my life. I never thought of, at any point thought of myself as a leader, inspirational, you know, any of the things that run them is poor. And it's, if anything, what it's done, it, it's taken me around the world and it's allowed me to spend time with some people, some very interesting people mm -hmm. who I would never have even known about or come into contact with if it wasn't for going out on that very first run. And for that, I'm like, ever blessed like every day I wake up and I'm just like I can't believe running has got me to this point it's, a, it's amazing you know and I just wish I'd taken it up earlier because I waited till I was like in my late 30s before I really I should have been doing that I should have never stopped so I ran at school I should have never stopped yeah if I think to myself like look how much you've achieved in the last 16 years imagine if you basically just kept on running you know when you were a teenager all the way through uni all the way through the beginning of your music career like be amazing but you know i'm glad that i found it when i did yeah mm. i think for me running has kind of given me charlie dark <laughs> <laughs> i think it's gonna be a couple of bits actually but i think one of the main things that it's given me is a vessel to make change in young people's lives mm. um you know i worked in the charity sector for many years and worked for some good charities but some charities that weren't that great and i've learned from them um, but I think what it's enabled me to do is it's given me this vehicle that we can do so much more with running. Mm. You know, if it's a run your career event to give young people access to, to career opportunities or a mentoring program for kids that are finding school challenging or various youth, you know, running clubs, we've kind of taken running and used running and used it as that kind of common thread to tie all of those things together just to have, you know, impacts on hundreds of young people's lives mm. um and i think that's quite unique for a sport mm. you know to yeah. be able yeah. to just like take the sport and be like hey we're just gonna just use it to change lives and you know get people behind 
um, you know, this kind of common, this kind of common mission. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Thanks, everyone, so much for being part of this discussion. Absolutely great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every time we get to meet, we never get to ask you any questions. Go on, yeah, please. Well, no, how do you get your body fat down? <laughs> <laughs> it is annoying, isn't it? That's <laughs> why I see you, I'm like, I've got that t-shirt at home. Like, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> it's like... I know. It's, it's you know, just... It's but just, thank you very much, you know. Yeah. Like, I really have to say, someone who's been in it for, you know, the longest out of all of us, the change in the relationship between, you know, when I first started with publications like yourself mm-hmm. and now, it's like it's come on tenfold. And, and, I, good you know, and I'm really, we can't do what we do without the help of publications like you. We can't. Similarly, it works both ways. Exactly. Yeah. Find a thing. So, thank yeah. you so much for having us. Yeah, thanks yeah. for having us. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for, thank thanks thanks for coming on. Nice coming on. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue checkmark next to that thing you love. And be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.